the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The problem with the Corinthian church was it wasn't a matter of lacking spiritual resources or spiritual gifts. What the Corinthians lacked was spiritual maturity and moral purity. That's what they lacked. It wasn't a matter of them not having the same resources as any other church or any other Christian. It was that they lacked spiritual maturity and moral purity. All Christians have everything that we need if we'll just nourish them and exercise them. Well, we have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. And that's what we are exploring, the benefits to the saints, present and future. Now, uh, this is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. We invite you to join us, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We catch up with Pastor Leighton as he begins reading here in verse 5. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift, as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Now, in Christ we are enriched in every way, and that word every is qualified by the phrase in him. That means that we have in him everything that we need to accomplish that he's called us to accomplish. We may not have everything we want, but we have everything we need to accomplish what God has called us to do. You see, the point about in him is it's all about him. It's not about us. Uh, Peter, the apostle, wrote, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. doesn't say for living a latent life. doesn't say for living a selfish life. It says for living a godly life. You see, it's all about him. Everything is about him. And then Paul gives us some specific examples, such as speaking and knowledge. Now, speaking, the word is logos, knowledge is gnosis, and from our studies over time here at the church, we know that those are terms that were often used in the culture, the non-Christian culture, and they were misused or misunderstood. And so what Paul did is he tried to identify a Christian definition for these words. And you know, the meaning of words, the definition of words are very, very important. You can have a conversation with someone, you think you've had a conversation, and actually you were talking about two entirely different things. Because the words that you used meant something entirely different to the person that you were talking with. For instance, if you were to ask most Americans, you know, to define peace, the most common answer you'll probably receive is an absence of conflict. Right? There is peace in the home because there's an absence of conflict between mom and dad. Uh, There is peace in the world because there's an absence of conflict between the nations. And that's how people think. Well, actually, the Bible defines peace as the presence of righteousness. And one of the benefits or the byproducts of the presence of righteousness is the lack of of conflict. You see, if everybody's doing what they should be doing, what is right in the sight of God, then there's, there's not an issue with conflict. You oftentimes hear politicians say, God bless America. 
And we are conditioned to think, oh, that's a politician telling us that they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and uh, they want us to know that, and, and so they can get our vote. And really what they're saying is, may the force be with you. Because you know, that, that's the, the same words, but it's a different meaning, you know. Uh, word meaning can be very, very important. Now, the particular speech that Paul is speaking of here is speaking God's truth. We may not all be eloquent like some can be. We may not have expansive vocabularies like others. We may not have captivating personality or communication styles like some. But each and every one of us have all we need to be able to fulfill the calling for which God has called us. Let me explain it in this way. We read through the scriptures, and it's the word of God. And, and there were several authors over several centuries that wrote it for us. And those authors came from a variety of backgrounds and experiences. For instance, there were some who were very highly educated, like Moses. Uh, because of the way God arranged things, Moses grew up in the palace in Egypt during the time that Egypt was the most powerful empire on the face of the earth. He had the finest education that was available any place. And he wrote for us the Pentateuch. But God also used shepherds to write portions of his scripture. And shepherds didn't have the best education. And yet they wrote the word of God for our benefit. And so we might have to say, we might have a tendency to think, well, I don't have the education enough to do it, you know, speak on behalf of the Lord. I, I don't have the eloquence. I don't, I don't have whatever it might be. And what Paul does here is he shatters all of these kinds of excuses. You know, you've heard, you've heard excuses. You probably have used I have. You know, I, I, I don't know what to say. Or I don't know how to say it. Or, I, you know, I just don't think I, I can do this. We've used those excuses. And what Paul says is, we are enriched in him in all speech and knowledge. You see, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And we have a tendency to think he was just talking to the apostles. But if you go back and you read the context of that statement, he wasn't just talking to the apostles. He was talking to all the believers that had gathered together. And all believers are given the Holy Spirit. That means all believers are empowered to be his witnesses, to speak his truth. Now, when we speak his truth, we have to be careful that we are not uh, rather simplistic in the way that we evaluate our success. You know, we have a, a tendency to, to have preconceived uh, ideas of how things are going to turn out, and we're disappointed if they don't turn out the way that we think. So we think we've been praying, and, and uh, we want to say something to somebody who's not received Jesus Christ as Lord, and so we get together with them, and, and we tell them about Jesus, and they don't receive Jesus Christ, and then we think, oh, we were a failure. We were wrong. You know what Paul says? He says, some watered, some planted, some watered, and the point being is maybe your expectation wasn't what was planned by God. So we have to be careful about being simplistic. You know, there were many times when the Apostle Paul had conversations and he was explaining the truth of God, and things didn't turn out like we would expect them to do in terms of the way we would measure success. Uh, for instance, when he talked with Agrippa. He couldn't get Agrippa to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We would say, we might have a tendency to say, well, he was unsuccessful. 
Well, he wasn't unsuccessful. He might have been unsuccessful with Agrippa, but he wasn't unsuccessful because that portion is recorded for us in Scripture, and we have rich understanding and theology as the result of that conversation he had with Agrippa. You see what I'm saying? So we have to be careful about being overly simplistic in our evaluations of how successful we are. Also, it is appropriate to do what we can in preparation for the opportunities God's going to bring across our path to share his truth. In fact, that's what Paul writes in 2 Timothy. He says, work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the, the word of truth. Sometimes it takes some work to learn how to explain the word of truth. We have to think about it, and, and we have to do some tri- trial experiments. Let me, let me talk with you and, and see, does this make sense to you? And we have to work at it. But we want to ultimately correctly explain the word of truth. Now, Paul continues in that same chapter, just a few verses later, he says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. And so it's important for us to be humbled with this knowledge. It doesn't matter how hard we prepare in this regard. It doesn't matter if we, if we go through uh, seminary and we take courses on how to talk with Jehovah's Witnesses and, and we do all those preparations. It, in this regard, it is ultimately God's spirit that brings a person to himself. It is God who changes people's heart. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying that it's not a good investment to learn those skills because God may use you as the tool or the instrument that reaches that particular person. But ultimately, it's God who does the work in salvation. And then Paul continues on in verse 7. He says, Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. So what it's saying is is that a Christian is never lacking in any gift or any resource that is needed to live a a faithful Christian life. And that's something, in light of the corruption of the Corinthian church, for Paul to say categorically, listen, folks, you've got everything that you need. You see, the the problem with the Corinthian church, was it wasn't a matter of lacking spiritual resources or spiritual gifts. What the Corinthians lacked was spiritual maturity and moral purity. That's what they lacked. It wasn't a matter of them not having the same resources as any other church or any other Christian. It was that they lacked spiritual maturity and moral purity. All Christians have everything that we need if we'll just nourish them and exercise them. You know, when we were born... Uh, we had everything that we needed for life. You know, we've, we've had some babies born into our congregation just recently, and, and uh, one of the men brought in their two-month-old, and, and I look at that little two-month-old, and I, I just marvel that everything needed for life is in that little package. You know, I mean, it's so tiny. It's incredible. Now, I can remember when my daughter was born. She was premature. She was three or four weeks premature, um, and the cord was wrapped around her neck twice. The doctors said that if, we had, if it hadn't uh, happened at the time that he did, it would have been some real complications with the delivery. And so there were some complications. My daughter spent her first four days in San Francisco Children's Hospital 
Um, and I would go there and I'd visit her every day, and she was in one of those incubators. And when I walked in, she wasn't alone. There were other children there being wonderfully cared for by uh, very quality people, the nurses and the doctors. And I can remember walking in, and I could see one of the children struggling for life, about two pounds. I mean, the entire body could fit in a, in a person's hand. And yet everything was needed for life. Now, in that case, the, it was so small and, and so premature that it was, that child needed some help, and those nurses were doing all that they could to help that child. But it's remarkable how everything that we need for life can be put in such a small package. Well, like we're physically born with all that we need, we're spiritually born with all we need. And we'll go on to explore that truth more tomorrow. Here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layden Sheely from Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. We trust our time together today, specifically in 1 Corinthians, is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with Jesus. Questions, comments, maybe you'd like to know a bit more about us here at Study Verse by Verse. Or maybe you're planning on visiting us here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Service times and directions can all be found along with information about study verse by verse on our website, highlands.us. Again, you'll find us at highlands.us. And then come back and join us tomorrow. We're back once again in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 looking at saints' benefits in the present and future on study verse by verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.